0: Hello listeners, I'm in the attic and I'm walking right over to the marble machine because I don't want to waste any time today. I just can't wait to find out what's going to happen to Na'aba. If you remember, she's still trapped in her booby trap. And I do wonder if our heroes are going to find that well of power in the end. Hmm, oh, the floor is especially creaky today. Might need to get some of those holes fixed, but I'll deal with that later. I know our two guest speakers are just as excited as I am to get back to the story. They did such a good job last time, didn't they? Did you know that they're both professional actors? Of course you did. They told you last time. Right, silly old me. Let's get back to the second part of... <sighs> wait, why, why wait, Tim? What's the matter? Uh, oh my, the floorboard, listeners, one of the wooden planks is broken in two, and while one half is still part of the attic floor, the other is hovering in mid-air about a foot above the ground, and there's a strange yellow cloud of, of, it looks like sand, listeners, a floating sand cloud around a panel. No. Yeah. Tim says, if he were to make a wild guess, it's probably stardust. Ah, well, the machine must know, I guess. Well, from what I can see, it looks like there's a hole underneath the floating broken wood panel. I wonder where it leads. That's strange. The marble machine spat out a marble without anyone touching it. It is quite big and transparent. I'd love to find out more about all this, but we're still in the middle of a story. What's the purpose of this? Um... Tim. Tim says the marble machine suspects that something has opened a portal into the attic. It suggests that we should get on with the story, but just in case we should lay a trap where the broken panel is floating in the stardust cloud. What the marble just spat out is a fake marble. It doesn't contain a story, but if an outer-worldly energy is close by, the marble will catch it and conserve it. Well. That sure sounds practical to me. I'll just put it down right here then, and let's see what happens. Uh, It's a bit soft and jelly-like, this one, and transparent, a bit like a jellyfish. Well, that's that. And now, listeners, without further delays, let's get back to the secret of Jungleville. Petey started removing the stones from where Sandy had entered the cave and soon managed to lay free an entrance big enough to squeeze through. The cave wasn't just any old cave, it was an enormous labyrinth of tunnels, leading in every direction and undermining the whole area. Now Petey saw what Sandy had tried to warn them about. Baskets of tight woven ropes decorated the tunnel walls. Some empty, some filled with the remainders of corpses and human bones but all undoubtedly designed for the purpose of keeping away unwelcomed visitors. Na'aba sat in the closest basket and gnawed at the ropes.
1: It's too thick! Don't worry, I'll think of something. We'll get you out of here in no time!
0: Meanwhile, Tidy and Jeff stood inside the same cave complex on the other side of the temple. They too had stepped on a similar pentagon-shaped stone. But Jeff managed to hover in the air as he set off the trap. They uncovered an opening that led them past the rope-basket booby trap and into the labyrinth.
1: Something's wrong.
0: He said after hearing Petey shout Na'aba's name. Yes, we
1: should go back and look for them. But if we heard him shout, maybe Nottingham did too. True. What if Nottingham's goons caught Na'aba and that was the reason Petey shouted her name in the first place?
0: Tidy stared into the blackness of the tunnel in front of him. (laughs) Maybe if we find the well of power, we can use it to help the others.
1: I wouldn't argue with that if we knew what this will actually does. But we don't have the slightest idea. We don't even know if... Tidy? Damn that monkey!
0: A sudden glimmer of gold in the distance had caught Tidy's attention. Hypnotized, he moved toward it. It flickered as if a gust of wind had magically breathed life into an ember that had long lain dead in the darkness.
1: Tidy, wait!
0: Jeff wanted to go after him when a flash of light shone through the opening. He flew up to see what was going on. In the distance, a machine engine started up. Frankenstein got in the driver's seat of the Scorpion King. Nottingham sat next to him with Blackbird on his shoulders. They headed in the direction where they had heard Petey shout for Naaba. Jeff flew back down into the cave. Tidy! There was no answer.
1: Great!
0: Jeff headed down into the dark tunnel and maneuvered by having one wing slightly touching the wall to feel which way the tunnel was going soon he came to a crossing a small tunnel led to the right and another to the left from the left he heard the roaring of the scorpion king and flew after it Nottingham's scorpion king broke through the rubble and uncovered the entrance to the cave the scorpion king was no use from here on but there was no need for it either the cave tunnels were right in front of them blackbird led the way and nottingham and frankenstein followed
1: why look what do we have here
0: Petey stood next to the trapped Na'aba, holding her hand.
1: Run. I won't leave you here,
0: Petey said, and stayed until Nottingham came and gave Frankenstein orders to cut down the basket. I guess now that we have your
2: friend, you won't run away, will you, kid?
0: Unnoticed by Nottingham and his goons, Sandy slipped into one of the cracks inside the wall. Frankenstein led the way, wielding a big blade in one hand and holding Na'aba in the other. Whenever he set off a booby trap, he either held the basket that trapped him with one arm and ripped it from the ceiling with his inhuman strength, or if it did catch more than an arm, he cut himself free with a few chops of his blade. Soon, they reached a crossing of three tunnels.
2: Which way?
1: Ah, This one's a mirror,
0: Blackbird said, standing before one of the tunnels.
1: I can see my reflection. Ah, ah.
0: He hopped, and the bird on the other side of the tunnel hopped too. He stuck a wing out to the right. And the bird in the tunnel did the same.
1: Ah, an underground mirror.
0: His reflection responded.
1: Ah, A talking mirror?
0: You wish. Jeff said and punched Blackbird in the beak.
1: Uh Oh, Petey, Naba. Jeff.
0: Petey called back, but Nottingham picked him up and held his mouth shut.
1: Don't worry, I'm coming to save you.
0: Jeff said and flew back into the tunnel. After him. Nottingham ordered, scooping up Blackbird who was still rocked by the punch. Tidy! Jeff flew back through the tunnel as fast as he could, but Tidy couldn't hear him. The squirrel monkey had taken the right-hand tunnel, still following what looked like a golden glowworm. The glowworm moved gracefully through the tunnel with a speed that Tidy could never have kept up with. But it waited for Tidy whenever he fell too far back. The glowworm seemed to enjoy the chase. It chuckled as it led Tidy down a long, narrow tunnel and into an underground chamber filled with gold and jewelry. Right in the center there stood a huge stone well with a statue of the crowned Inca king towering over the basin. The statue's face looked downward at the well with a fatigued expression as if the king was utterly disinterested by the well upon which it stood and from which a golden glow filled the whole chamber with light. Cups of all sizes and material surrounded the well. The golden glowworm, still muttering delighted giggles, touched each cup as it flew a circle around the stone well. Tidy was in shiny things heaven. To him, the grey stone basin of the well was by far the dullest thing in this room full of wondrous bling-bling. The glowworm sat down on the Inca king's head, and as it stopped glowing, it revealed its true form. The elf-like creature crossed its legs and watched Tidy curiously. She had seen many men with a weakness for gold, but this monkey topped every single one of them. Not even the old Inca king, who had ordered the building of an impenetrable cave to hoard his treasures, had been this obsessed. Yet something about Tidy's affection for gold was different than that of the men that had come here before him. It was the guardian elf's duty to judge the nature of any intruder and, upon its judgment, decide whether to reveal to them the one true well of power." The squirrel monkey collected a bunch of golden necklaces, rings and a shimmering cloth that looked like it was made of fine silver wool. He skillfully cut into the silver cloth with a golden dagger and started handcrafting away. Tidy was so absorbed that he barely heard Jeff's call. Tidy! The squirrel monkey sighed and went back through the tunnel and caught Jeff at the crossing of the tunnels, just as he was about to fly past him.
1: There you are. They caught Nob and Petey, and they almost got me too. Where were you?
0: Tidy put a finger over Jeff's beak and signaled him to follow him through the tunnel. Together they entered the treasure chamber. Jeff looked around in amazement, and then went straight to the well. Ta-da! Tidy called and presented Jeff what he had been working on. In no time Tidy had worked rubies and golden rings into the silver cloth, and by a few cuts here and a few knots there, he had turned it into a most marvelous-looking cloak.
1: What in the jungle is that?
0: Jeff asked from the statue's head. I made it for you. It's not finished yet, but it will be a superhero cape. You can you can wear it if we shoot another video, and, and you can be the hero of Jungleville. Hiding behind the statue's head so that Jeff couldn't see her, the guardian elf smiled.
1: Tidy. What? Never mind.
0: Jeff turned to the well. In the same instance, Blackbird flew into the chamber, followed by Nottingham, who struggled out of the narrow tunnel, dragging Petey and Naaba out with him. Sir, I think I'm stuck.
2: Push, for God's sake, you, you big dumb
3: brute. I can't. I'm really stuck. You have to help me out, sir.
2: I can't move. Not even an inch. And what do you think I should do about that, you meathead? Go on a diet!
0: The guardian elf watched all this with joy and excitement. There hadn't been this much commotion for the last three hundred years. She came out from behind the statue's head and tapped Jeff on the shoulder. Hello. Jeff almost fell from the well. Who? Who are you?
4: I am Trucy, the The guardian elf, and I must say I am in a quite difficult situation like your friend. Oh, tidy?
0: The guardian elf nodded.
4: Well, I
1: could try to arrange something, but I don't know if he's into guardian...
4: No, I mean your friend has the same appreciation for the treasures as I do.
0: Trucy interrupted him and shook her head.
4: He doesn't want them because he's greedy or craves power like most men. He likes them simply for the beautiful creations they are. It seems he just wants to share the beauty of them with the people he loves. Like you.
0: The guardian elf observed Nottingham, who was still busy trying to move with Petey in one arm and the heavy basket prison with Na'aba in the other. Then she turned back to Jeff.
4: Are you best friends?
1: I guess you can say that, yes.
4: Then I have made up my mind. I like you too. Um, thanks? But there are more decisions to be made. I don't like the man who just entered the cave. Is he your friend too?
1: Who, Nottingham? No. Not a friend. Feel free to turn him into a toad or whatever it is that a guardian elf does. I'm afraid I can't do that. But what about the boy and the girl with him? Friends. Good friends. Why?
4: I'm obliged by spirit law to help those I like to find the real well of power and to deceive those driven by greed to find the Replicate. The Replicate? Yes. The one you are sitting on.
0: My well. Panting and struggling, he dragged his prisoners to the well. He made Petey kneel before him and set Na'aba down in her basket.
2: Which one? Which one? Which one?
0: Nottingham said, eyeing the cups. He went for the closest one he could grab. As he picked it up, water started flowing from the well.
2: Yes!
0: He called triumphantly and filled his cup. He emptied it in one gulp.
1: What now? What's the good news?
4: I will free your friend in the basket, and then you and all your friends will follow me over there.
0: She pointed to an empty spot on the chamber wall.
4: Uh,
1: Okay, so the good news is that you'll free Nahaba. What's the bad news? No!
4: The good news is that I will lead the ones I like to the one true well of power.
1: Oh, great. What's the bad news?
0: As he asked. The statue underneath them started to move, and the old Inca King came to life. Only half lifting his eyelids, the Inca King looked extremely bored. He acknowledged Nottingham's presence with a sigh. Nottingham's mouth drooled and his eyes lit up as his mind filled with greed.
2: Master of the well, grant me the power to rule, Megacity. <sighs> Megacity.
0: The Inca King said, scratching a crust of dirt out from under his nails. He held his findings between his index finger and thumb, flicked away the little ball of dirt, and followed the arch that it flew in with a certain curiosity until it landed. Then he turned to Nottingham. Don't you want to rule the world? Can you make me do that? Just imagining the possibility made him giggle like a madman. <laughs> No, I can't. All I can do is this. That's the bad news, Trucy whispered to Jeff. By drinking
4: from the well, the man with the funny nose released the curse that was caused upon the Inca king thousands of years ago. I'm afraid it could kill you all.
1: What? Why? Why would you let him do that? Couldn't you have stopped Nottingham?
0: There was a crushing sound as huge chunks of wall broke out on every side of the chamber where the other tunnels ended. A deep, thundering sound roared in the distance and got louder with every second. The Inca king let out a last, overly long sigh. Um, Good night, O young and forlorn soul. He said and turned back to stone. We don't have much
4: time! Follow me!
0: The guardian elf jumped off the well and flew across to the other side of the chamber. Jeff followed her to a skeleton which lay crumpled up against the wall, holding a big sword in his bony hand. Once touched by the elf, the skeleton stopped sitting around, all dead and rotten, and came to life. It stood up and threw its sword only to become lifeless again as soon as the sword left its hand. The old blade flew straight past Nottingham's left arm and cut through enough ropes of Na'aba's prison basket so that she could escape.
1: Everybody, follow the elf! What?
4: They can't see me!
0: <laughs> Trucy chuckled and winked at Jeff.
4: Only those I choose to reveal myself to can see me! And I'm very cautious, especially when it comes to humans!
1: Um, everybody just follow me!
0: Na'aba jumped out of the basket, and when Nottingham tried to grab her, she bit his hand so hard that he not only let out a scream, but also let go of Petey's arm. Together, they ran to the far corner of the chamber where Jeff was standing with the invisible Trucy. There was a rumble, greater than all the previous rumbles, and then water burst through every tunnel that led into the chamber. It came with such pressure that it hurled Frankenstein free from where he was stuck. The giant of a man spat and spurted.
3: Oh, please, oh, wise one, oh, 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 old
0: wanderer, save me from this wretched place. Frankenstein called and fell to his knees, mumbling a prayer.
1: I saw you bring a skeleton to life. You could have stopped this. Why in the jungle's name did you let Nottingham drink from the well?
4: Spirit law! I cannot stop those driven by greed. Once the old Inca king himself was driven by greed. He was the first. As a punishment, the gods cursed him to guard the lake well forever and drown every corrupted soul. The gods?
0: Trucy nodded. Jeff? Petey said.
1: Who are you talking to? An invisible elf. Where's Sandy? Uh, She escaped when Nottingham caught us. Wait, an invisible elf? What kind?
0: Jeff wanted to answer but was too distracted by what Trucy was doing. The guardian elf tapped the wall in a repetitive pattern until magic sigils appeared forming the shape of a door. Trucy tapped the door in the same pattern and it opened inward revealing another chamber. It was much smaller, and there was no gold or treasure in it, but only a simple well with one wooden cup standing before it.
4: Quick now! I can't hold it open for long! Where's your friend?
0: Jeff looked around desperately.
1: Did anyone see Tidy? Over there.
0: The squirrel monkey was still happily cutting away, fabricating yet another garment out of jewelry. He was so dialed in that he didn't even notice that the water had already risen up to his belly. A few feet away from him, Nottingham reached the well and climbed up to the top of the statue.
2: This isn't what I asked for.
0: He shouted and slapped the statue.
2: Come back, make me king of the world! I think...
0: Blackbird said, sitting on Nottingham's shoulder and tapping his cheek while looking into the chamber.
4: I think we... I think we have...
2: Would you stop doing that? I think we have a problem.
0: Nottingham peeked around from the statue's head. The water had already passed the well's basin and was rising fast. They both looked up at the shallow ceiling just two feet above their head. (coughs) Tidy said, more annoyed than scared, when he finally acknowledged that he had to stop making his garment. He climbed onto the highest mountain of gold coins to avoid the water and keep working on his new design.
1: Tidy! I can't believe it! Now, of all times, he's not distracted. I've never seen him this locked into anything before. He has found his His true
5: passion!
0: Trucy said and revealed herself to Petey and Na'aba.
5: A guardian
4: elf. You know what I am?
5: My uncle always told me about your people.
4: Now I like you even more. Thank you. But
5: why do you look so sad?
4: Because it's too late to to save your friend. The door is already closing.
1: What do you mean it's too late to save our friend? We have to save Tidy! I won't leave without him! Yes, you will!
0: The tiny elf hovered in the air in front of them and started spinning so fast that she created a field of energy around her body. The ripples she sent through the air almost looked like a transparent wall. Then Trucy stopped moving and let out a shout. She shouted and thrust her arms out toward Petey, Na'aba and Jeff sending them flying through the closing magic door and into the other chamber. Sorry! They heard her voice call as the magical door turned back to solid rock and cut them off from the main chamber.
4: I had to! There was no other way!
0: Her head sunk to her chest and she stopped glowing. The small chamber was about a third of the size of the big chamber and apart from the little well in its middle, it was completely empty.
1: Tidy! No.
0: Jeff beat his wings against the wall where the magic door had been. The chamber should have been pitch black, but just like the treasure chamber had gotten its light from the well, the small stone well also emitted a light. It was a softer light, like the first beams of sun on a misty morning after the fog just settles. The light radiated from the basin and painted the chamber in a greyish white, forever capturing it in an everlasting dawn. In the middle of the basin there stood a statue, but instead of a bored-looking Inca king, this well was decorated by a woman with four arms and a wide open mouth that was sticking out its tongue. Petey was the first to see the well.
1: There's another well in here. It's the Well of Power. Well then let's
4: whisper it to save Tidy.
0: Jeff's eyes widened. He couldn't believe he hadn't thought of it himself. He sprung up from the wall and ran over to Petey, who had already picked up the wooden cup. As soon as he did, water started flowing from the mouth of the statue.
1: You're right! Quick, fill the cup up and drink from it! Wait, Naaba's uncle warned us about something before he turned into a tree. That's right. Probably the fake well. What are you waiting for?
0: Petey hesitated, but Jeff was right. There was no time to waste or worry about the warning. He filled the cup and drank from it. Just as the Inca king, the statue stirred and grew taller. The stone transformed and revealed a woman of flesh and blood. Her skin was dark blue and a bright red tongue emerged between her shining white teeth.
6: What is your faith, finder of the well?
0: The blue-skinned woman asked and stepped down from the well.
6: My faith?
0: the blue-skinned woman opened her eyes and looked at him for the first time.
6: Oh, a child,
0: she said and grinned. Petey flinched and stepped back. It was the most intimidating grin he had ever seen, and he wasn't sure whether the woman was genuinely smiling or planning to eat him or both.
6: Hey, carpenter boy. Would you come look at that? A child has found the well.
0: It's your shift for father's sake. Can't you just let me rest in peace for a while? And stop calling me carpenter boy.
6: Oh, come on, you little prima donna. Come and look. I'm taking a nap. You can do that for all eternity, please, Prince of Peace. Pretty please, Mr. Messiah, Lord of Lords.
0: On the now statueless well, a new statue appeared. This one resembled a long-haired man with a beard. It too came to life, and as it did, a halo of white light began to shine over its head. Holy Mother Mary, Jesus said, and stepped down from the well. He turned to the blue woman that was Kali, the Hindu goddess of destruction and renewal. Kali, a child found the well.
6: See, that is the problem with you, young gods. You always think you're being original, while you are just repeating. What us old gods have been saying for centuries.
0: Kali turned to Petey.
6: So... What is your faith, child? Um... I don't know. Do you not believe in any god? Um... Not really. Hmm... That's bad. Has no one told you that if you drink from the well and you don't have a god to call upon, you will be cursed?
1: No, no one has. Oh wait, maybe... Maybe someone did warn me before he
6: turned into a tree. Well... Since you are such a cute little fellow, and I am known to be a child-friendly goddess, I shall give you another chance. Take your time. Most people believe in something. All I need is a name of a god that you believe in. To grant you your wish.
0: Petey thought about this for a moment.
6: My dad is an atheist? Um, what if I don't believe in any god? Then I will curse your soul for all eternity.
0: We should call the others.
6: All of them? Mm,
0: Not all. Just the ones close by.
6: You know how grumpy the gods can get. They're not like you and me, not curious anymore. They've gotten used to retirement.
0: Call them. I'll take the blame if someone gets angry.
6: Why am I not surprised?
0: Kali said and closed her eyes. She let her bright white teeth shine again and uttered something into the darkness. Petey and the others couldn't quite grasp what Kali had said. It appeared to have been just a single word or maybe a name. But at the same time it sounded like she called a thousand different names at once.
6: Let's see who responds.
0: She turned to Petey.
6: How did you get here? Trucy, the guardian elf brought us.
0: Petey said a bit uncertain whether that was the right answer. Us? Kali said and looked past Petey.
6: Would you look at that, Carpenter? Two all-knowing deities in one chamber. And we can't even see what is right in front of our eyes.
0: A girl and a bird.
2: Did someone say
0: bird? An old voice croaked and the statue of an elderly man with a spear in his hand and a scar over one eye appeared on the well. He too left his stone form and joined the others.
2: I own two ravens, you know,
0: the man told Petey, Na'aba and Jeff.
2: What's all this commotion?
0: Three voices called in unison and three bearded statues appeared on the well. The three men looked like one and the same person and they too stepped from the well.
2: A girl, a boy, and a bird. How very odd.
0: Let's not be rude now. Jesus suggested and introduced himself and the others. Hi, Petey, Na'aba, and Jeff, I am Jesus.
1: Like THE Jesus?
0: Yes. Do you know me?
6: Sure. Everybody knows you. Hmm. Such a celebrity.
0: And do you believe in me?
6: Not really.
0: (laughs) Never mind, my child. We will find someone. The lady in the blue is the Hindu goddess Kali. The one with the spear is Odin, the all-father of Norse gods. And the three gentlemen over here, well, this is where it gets a little complicated. They are all one. They are all my father. They are the god of the three great religions of mankind. Jews, Christians, and Muslims. They are one. But here, in the retirement home for the gods, they decided to split up so that they could play chess.
2: All day long.
0: Odin added and rolled his eyes.
2: They are very... Very boring to hang out with,
0: the Father whispered to Petey. Hi. The gods explained to them how the realm around the Well of Power had become a retirement home for the gods.
6: Most of us came here because people stopped worshipping us. Some of us still have work and mingle with the dealings of mankind here and there. But it's nowhere near as busy as it used to be. So we just hang out here in the retirement home and kill time. You know the usual. Play chess, or bingo, or sacrifice each other in a blood ritual, just to be born again.
2: Boring stuff. But I never saw three people at once in the well. What was Trucy
0: thinking?
6: You know how she gets when she likes someone. Um...
0: Petey cleared his throat?
6: Yes. I don't mean to be rude, and it's
1: very nice to meet you all, but a friend of ours is outside in the other chamber drowning. And since this is the well of power, could you maybe help us save him?
2: What's wrong with you, Kali? Help the poor fellow already.
6: The child... ...doesn't believe in a god.
2: Oh. We should ask the women for advice.
6: You always want to ask the women for advice. I am a woman too, you know.
0: Odin looked at Kali with big puppy eyes.
6: Oh. All right.
0: She called into the night again, and moments later the statues of three beautiful women appeared on the well. One was Gaia, the earth goddess. One was Athena, Greek goddess of war and wisdom, and the third, a woman with feathered wings growing under her arms, was Isis, the Egyptian goddess of love and magic.
6: We were watching,
0: Athena said and hopped down from the well. The other two followed.
6: I am afraid we can't help your friend if you don't believe in a god. As Kali said, we will have to curse your soul, unless...
0: Gaia said, and looked at the others.
6: If you two both believe in a god, you can drink from the well, and one of you can wish for your friend to be saved, and the other can wish for us not to curse the boy's soul. Jeff
0: the winged Isis said.
6: Bird of
4: paradise, we are alike. I could have helped you, but I see in your heart that you have never worshipped
1: me. Um, sorry, but I don't even know you. Look, no offense, I don't believe in any god either. But could we please figure out a way to save my best friend's life? I mean, is this a Well of Power, or just a place for old retired gods complaining that they aren't getting any attention?
6: Hmm... Good question. (laughs) And very much to the point, if you ask me.
1: Petey, for the sake of the jungle, think of a god. Tidy's behind this big, fat, stupid wall, drowning. No need to be
4: rude, bird. If you had worshipped me, I could transfer my powers directly to you, and you could break through the wall with your beak, breathe underwater, and rescue your friend, and more.
1: Cool stuff.
4: But since you don't, all I can offer you, because you have wings like me, is to give you a little insight. A little insight? Yes. Insight as to what is to become of you.
1: That's it? How's that supposed to help tidy?
0: Suddenly a cracking sound went through the walls. Rocks broke free and Sandy's head popped through the wall.
4: Thanks, Amaru.
0: Sandy said and slithered down the wall. A shadow vanished into the darkness behind her.
4: Thanks
1: so much. Sandy, you're alive!
4: I am. And I found you. Well... Amaru found you after I escaped Nottingham and snuck off into the walls. I found her, and she helped me find the well
5: of power. Amaru? The goddess of wisdom? The great snake goddess Amaru?
0: The wall crumbled again.
5: Who
1: called my name?
0: The voice hissed, and the wall broke open and a giant, two-headed snake entered the chamber.
6: Ah, old fellow, haven't seen you around in ages, like literally.
0: The snake ignored Kali and slithered closer until she was just a head's length away from Na'aba's face.
1: Na'aba of the Angiaba tribe. One of the last tribes in this jungle who still
5: worships me. My uncle told me about you. I pray to you every night. I wanted you to help me save the jungle from the tree killers.
1: And I hear you every night. But I can't help if you don't pray
6: to me from a place of power. Well, how convenient that we happen to be at a place of power. Drink from the cup, girl. And you can ask Amaru to save your friend.
5: ...or the jungle, or my
6: soul. No pressure.
0: Na'aba took the wooden cup and drank from the well.
1: What is your wish, young Na'aba?
5: I... I wish you could save the jungle and my village from the Tree Killers. But also save Tidy from drowning, and Pity soul from being cursed.
1: I can only grant one wish, I'm
0: afraid. Na'aba hesitated.
1: What are you waiting for?
5: You're Tidy's last chance! Okay, okay. I want to save Tidy. Please save our friend from drowning.
0: In a moment that was too fast for time itself to grasp it, Amaru crushed through the wall and into the golden chamber and ripped another tunnel deep down into the ground of the smaller chamber, directing the water masses back down into earth where they had come from. Water burst into the chamber and in four quick movements Amaru picked up Nottingham, Blackbird, Frankenstein and Tidy from the floods and brought them into the small chamber. They were all unconscious and Tidy was still clutching onto his unfinished golden garment. Which one? Amaru asked, and Naaba pointed to the monkey. The snake goddess lay one of her heads over Tidy and sucked the water out of his lungs, and then touched his chest. (laughs) Tidy! Jeff shouted and hugged him. Tidy spat another mouthful of water at his best friend. What about these three? Amaru asked turning to Nottingham, Blackbird, and Frankenstein.
5: We can't just let them die. Could you maybe save them and then tie them up?
0: What a
1: strange request, but I'm afraid I've already granted
0: your wish.
5: Come on, counsel.
0: Na'aba said and ran over to Frankenstein. She jumped around on his belly as if it were a trampoline, pressing short gushes of water out each time she landed.
5: Help me with the others.
0: Petey and Jeff exchanged a puzzled look and went over to Nottingham and Blackbird. The raven only needed a small shaking to bring him back to his senses, but when Jeff was about to jump onto Nottingham's belly, he dropped his masquerade and grabbed Jeff by the neck.
2: I'll take over from here.
0: He shouted and flung Jeff through the room, stood up, and went over to the well. Nottingham marched straight through Odin, who didn't flinch, but curiously eyed Blackbird. Pushing his hands straight through Kali's body as if she were a ghost, Nottingham grabbed the cup. Na'aba looked terrified as Nottingham's arm pulled back through Kali's chest.
6: Don't worry. He can't hurt us, child. He can't even see or feel us. We unmanifest ourselves before the unworthy, tainted souls. If this man is dear to you, I would advise him not to drink from thee.
0: Nottingham drank the cup dry in one gulp.
6: Oh well, too late,
0: Carly said, flashing a smile. Something whizzed through the passage that Amaru had opened and ripped the cup from Nottingham's hand. Trucy the Guardian Elf threw the cup to the ground and cursed in her native elf language.
6: Too late, Trucy. Not again. Running out of space, are we?
0: According to spirit law, Trucy was obliged to curse everyone who used the Well of Power with a bad intent. The old spell hadn't changed since the first time Trucy had cast it almost 3000 years ago. The guardian elf raised her arms and mumbled words of magic into the cave. A dark cloud formed and slowly drifted toward Nottingham. What's going on? Nottingham shouted desperately as the cloud engulfed his head.
2: Blackbird! Frankenstein! Get me out of here!
0: but Blackbird was locked into what looked like a hypnotic staring contest with Odin. The Allfather was negotiating a deal with the raven, the terms of which were discussed only in their minds. Frankenstein, on the other hand, simply didn't see a good reason to help the man who would have left him stuck to drown in the tunnel of an underground cave. The Council of Five watched in shock as the cloud took over Nottingham's body and, limb by limb, turned him into stone. The other gods in the chamber seemed to know exactly what was going on. They all turned to Amaru.
6: What's happening? His soul was cursed and now the cave driller must make a new chamber.
0: Amaru coiled her leathery body around the statue of Nottingham and disappeared with it into the tunnels.
4: What's she gonna do with him?
0: Trucy sat down and leaned her back against the wall.
4: You notice the many tunnels when you entered the caves?
0: Petey nodded.
4: Amaru, the cave driller, made them. Every single one. A new one for every soul who approached the Well of Power with bad intentions. The Inca King was the first. I cursed him when I took up the job as guardian elf three thousand years ago. Since then, I tried to keep the greedy and tainted souls away from the Well. Occasionally one slips through. Then Amaru must make a new chamber with a new fake well and a cursed soul to guard it. Uh,
6: Occasionally? Seventeen times and counting. True. I have failed seventeen times. Seventeen tunnels. Seventeen
4: chambers. Seventeen cursed souls! Seventeen statues!
2: Eighteen...
0: Amaru hissed and crushed back into the chamber, creating a new tunnel.
4: How long will he be cursed for? Five thousand years! Then his soul will be cleansed of evil and he will have forgotten his past and start anew in a world that will not be the same as this.
1: Poor Nottingham. I mean, not that I liked what he was doing, but no one should be turned to stone for 5,000 years.
0: Agreed. (sighs) Odin's voice boomed and everybody turned in his direction.
2: Oh, don't mind me. I just negotiated terms with the Raven and we have come to an agreement. Blackbird will be my third raven next to Huggin' and Munnin. I will teach him for a hundred years, and then he will forever roam the world with Huggin' and Munnin and bring me the
0: news of the world.
1: Blackbird agreed to that?
0: Na'aba waved her hand in front of Blackbird's eyes, but he didn't seem to notice her. Sort of.
6: The Allfather always has his ways. Old Odin is sneaky when it comes to negotiating deals. The raven never had a chance.
2: I granted him food and free mead
0: for all eternity. Odin said, which to him obviously sounded like a very generous deal that more than made up for Blackbird's fate. Then he grabbed the raven and vanished from the chamber.
6: Oh.
0: Kali said and turned to Frankenstein, who was kneeling before her.
6: Interesting. Interesting.
0: I am sorry
3: for being so ignorant. I thought following Nottingham would eventually make me a rich man. I was wrong. What good are riches if one drowns alone in a cave?
6: Can he see you? No. He is not addressing me. His soul seems to have
0: changed. She eyed Petey, and for the fraction of a second, the goddess seemed almost concerned for the mortal child.
6: But I fear it is time, child. Nottingham is not the only soul to be cursed today. Are you prepared? Wait! Everybody, council meeting!
0: The Council of Five, now reunited for the first time, held their first meeting. They huddled together like football players and led a heated discussion. Tidy popped his head out from the group and called Trucy over and asked her for something. She flew to Kali who seemed interested and nodded in agreement. Then Trucy returned to the council upon which their meeting ended.
1: We have a three-step plan to save the jungle and my soul. Do you
6: know?
0: Kali said, and she and all the other gods couldn't hide their curiosity.
6: Well, let's hear it. Step one.
0: Petey called, and Trucy landed on Frankenstein's nose and revealed herself to him. Hello. Frankenstein said, unsurprised. I don't know who you are, but I know you are more powerful than you look. Trucy shrugged her shoulders and nodded to the council.
4: Sometimes, near-death experiences do that to people. So go ahead, P.T. If you heard right, then he might be of use to us. Great. Will you
1: help us save the jungle?
0: He asked Frankenstein. I don't know
3: much about this place, but um, I, I know I don't ever want to work for anyone who would let me drown and rot in a cave. You have my word.
1: Good. I heard you pray back in the chamber when the Flood came in. Do you believe in any god?
3: I do. I am half Swedish, and my father used to tell me the stories of the gods of Asgard when I was a child. Um, I never told anybody, but I have prayed to Odin, the
0: One-Eyed Wanderer ever since I can remember. Petey clapped his hands together in excitement.
1: Then please drink from the well and ask Odin to save my soul from being cursed.
0: Frankenstein moved to the well, but before he could fill his cup, Odin appeared before him. The god now had a spear in one hand and three ravens sitting on his arm. One of them faintly resembled Blackbird, only that it was much bigger now, and its eyes were as white as snow. No
2: need for formalities, tall guy. I heard your prayers. You want me to free the child of his curse?
0: I do. Frankenstein said, avoiding eye contact.
2: I can't. A curse is a curse. Either he believes in a god or his soul is
0: doomed. Uh, Frankenstein hesitated and turned to Petey.
2: Should I
3: just ask him to save the jungle instead?
0: Just as a side note, Jesus interfered. Be careful how you formulate your wishes when addressing Odin. He likes to play tricks. If you wish for him to save the jungle, he might summon a mighty thunderstorm and kill every human in the megacity
2: which would do the job no humans
0: no threat to the jungle
2: uh, i wish
3: for you to tell me how to save the jungle
0: frankenstein said hoping to outwit the god
2: that's your wish granted big boy i have just told you Kill all the humans, the jungle will be just fine. That was easy. Now please excuse me. I have a raven to teach.
0: Odin said and disappeared again. Well that didn't go so well. Tidy observed. Uh, Oh, I'm sorry.
6: Never mind. Oh, come on. Give them something, Odin, you old dangler.
0: Trucy. Odin's voice echoed out of nowhere.
2: Try Trucy. Ha! We can
1: work with that. Let's continue with the plan, Council. Your turn, Jeff. Step two.
0: Jeff called and hopped over to Isis.
1: You said that you can give me insight. Yes. Can you give me an insight to what Odin meant by Tritrusy and how this can help us save the jungle?
0: I can. Isis touched Jeff's head, giving him the insight he asked for. Jeff saw that within the next decade, the megacity would continue to grow and that Petey's father would eventually destroy most of the jungle before he retired. But Isis also showed Jeff how this could be prevented. Trusy! Jeff said after Isis had let him go.
1: I believe in you!
0: He glanced at Petey out of the corner of his eye, inviting him to do what he did.
1: Um, I believe in you too!
0: Petey said, and the rest of the council looked at each other and joined in.
5: We We believe believe in you, you.
6: Truthy. Sneaky. I like it. But I'm afraid that doesn't qualify her as a god everyone council meeting
0: now all the remaining gods in the chamber gathered together for a council except the three old men who were still too busy playing chess
6: we'll allow it but if we make you a deity Trucy. You will have to be the good spirit of the Council of Five as long as it exists. Done! Finally, a new job! Go ahead then,
0: Kali said to Petey.
6: Say
1: it. I believe in Trucy. The spirit of the Council
6: of Five. All right. Your soul is saved. And you may ask for your wish.
0: Petey looked at Trucy, who gave him an encouraging nod.
1: I wish to save the jungle.
0: An invisible force lifted Trucy onto the well and turned her to a stone statue. A moment later, the stone turned to skin, and she was herself again. Okay, well! Trucy said, feeling a little overwhelmed.
4: This opens a whole new realm of possibilities!
0: Don't get
6: too enthusiastic. You'll be playing bingo and chess before
0: you know it Trusi flew up to the ceiling she started spinning in circles just as she had done when she had opened the door to the well of power the air around her started to form ripples again like little waves on a pond the air brushed against the rocky ceiling of the cave and then the ceiling started to bend at first it seemed like there was a little crack in the cave wall but soon the crack widened and bent and deep Deep darkness appeared. The darkness seemed endless, but as Trucy kept spinning, something inside the black hole began to move. And then, out of the darkness, there emerged a street and a lamppost.
1: That's the street outside Daddy's office.
0: Petey said, stunned. She's a natural, Jesus said.
1: What's she doing?
0: She's bending time and space. He created a dent in the fabric of the universe. In the dent, a tower became visible. Then an office, and then a man sitting in his office chair with a hunched back from sitting over too many documents for too many years. Mayor Cramor looked up from his desk and nearly died of shock. Where the door to his secretary's office had been, there was now a black, empty blotch of nothingness. He took a step closer and saw that something was moving inside the darkness. Petey! Dad! What's going on here, for Christ's sake? Invisible to the mayor, Jesus folded his hands and whispered, A believer. Show off. Kali said and nudged Jesus in the ribs with one of her four elbows.
1: We're in an underground cave in the jungle.
0: It took a while to explain to his father what had happened and After he had finished, Mayor Cramor still wasn't sure what to believe, yet he couldn't deny that his son was talking to him through some strange apparition that had manifested itself in his office. I never did trust that crow, the mayor said, rubbing his chin. But Nottingham? I always thought him to be quite competent. With all due respect, Frankenstein said and peered into the space-timed end. He was a liar. You must listen to your son and trust the council. The council?
1: Us, dad.
0: P.D. Jeff, Na'aba, Tidy and Sandy the Snake gathered together. Hi. 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 Mayor Kramer replied.
5: The animals need to be saved. And so does my village.
0: P.D. took the old smartphone out of his pocket and showed his father the video clips Tidy and Jeff had made. By the time Jeff was introducing the crocodiles as ships in a harbor, The mayor was roaring with laughter.
3: (laughs) This is great! Listen, son.
0: If it were up to me, I would leave the jungle alone. But many of my voters are expecting the city to expand. I can't just stop the project. I will lose my votes in the next election.
1: Of course you can, Dad. If it's what you think is best, the people will understand.
0: I wish it were that easy. But if I don't expand, the next mayor will. Look, I will come and pick you up now and take you back home. Trucy closed the time dent and fell to the floor, panting in exhaustion. The mayor left his office early that day for the first time in many, many years. And when he did, he forgot what he had just witnessed. It was still in his memory, but it seemed like a distant dream to him. Yet somehow, he felt the insatiable urge to take his jeep and drive into the jungle and see his son. For some reason, he knew exactly where he would find him, too. Josie! Tidy said and was the first by her side. The rest of the council followed.
4: I'm okay! It was just more of an effort than I thought! Did I fail?
1: You were amazing! But my dad wasn't.
0: Petey made a long face.
6: He said he won't stop the project. Fulfilling wishes isn't always easy. you learn with time.
5: But your father is coming to pick you up, isn't he? And?
0: Na'aba turned to Kali and the gods.
5: Can I ask you all for a favor? Not a wish, just a favor.
0: The gods looked at Na'aba skeptically.
5: Come on, you said you're bored of hanging around here anyway. It will be fun, I promise.
0: When his father got to the ruins, Petey was already awaiting him. Hey, Dad. Petey, I, I had a crazy dream. You were inside a cave, I think. Or maybe a temple. But also inside my office. I don't really remember any details, except that you were talking with animals. And a girl that looked like she lived in the jungle. I think I should work less he took a step toward Piti and fell into one of the trap doors. Amaru, the snake goddess, caught him before the booby trap closed and took him on a ride through the tunnels.
5: This is heritage not only of the jungle, but of the whole world.
0: Na'aba said, riding next to the mayor on Amaru's back. You, you are the little girl from my dream. Where are you taking me? Why are we flying? Am I still sleeping?
5: The power of the jungle is carrying us.
0: Amaru took the mayor to the chamber it had created for Nottingham. Na'aba jumped off and took a cup from the well. She gave it to the startled, shocked mayor and ordered... Drink! The mayor did, and Nottingham came to life.
2: Oh, hey, mayor. They tricked you too, huh? Well, all is lost now, anyway. The jungle is too powerful. We should never have messed with it. I was so eager to get to the power of the old Inca King and now I have it. Now I am doomed to do this.
0: He closed his eyes and just as the Inca King had done, he flooded the chamber. Then the curse took over and he became a statue once again.
3: What on earth is going on here?
0: The water kept rising and when there was almost no space left to breathe, The mayor turned to Na'aba and begged for his life. We're all gonna die. I don't know you, but you must get us out of here.
5: I can't. Only the jungle can do that. But it won't let us go because you decided to hurt it.
0: But I never meant to hurt it. I only wanted the best for the people of my city. People
3: need the jungle. Clean air.
0: The mayor looked around frantically. What? What was that? Who just said that?
5: The jungle. I just...
0: The mayor spat as the water rose up to his neck. Na'aba had to stand on Amaru's back to stick her head out of the water.
3: I promise I will cancel the project.
5: No more dead trees?
0: Not one. I promise.
3: I swear it on my life. I take your word for it. You saw
1: what
4: I do to those
0: who mean to harm me." Amaru coiled herself around the mayor and took him underwater, showing him the statue of Nottingham once more. Yes. The mayor said underwater,
4: yes, I promise, I promise.
0: Amaru wrapped herself gently around Na'aba and the mayor and brought them back to the ruins where Trucy was waiting with the rest of the council. I don't understand. What is going on here?
5: You just promised the jungle not to hurt it. You did?
0: Petey jumped up and hugged his dad.
5: You're the best, dad!
0: Uh, I... The mayor said, still dripping with water. Of course, I I never wanted to cause anyone any harm. I didn't believe the jungle had a, a soul. It might cost me the office of being the mayor, but a promise is a promise.
1: Don't worry about the election, Dad. The Council of Five will figure something out. Right, guys?
0: Right! Right. Maybe a fashion show would help! Tidy suggested. In the following year, the mayor not only got re-elected despite reeling back on the plans to expand the city, but instead he gained new followers with his long-term Jungleville project. Of course, some hardliners didn't agree with him on not building new concrete tower blocks, but overall the response was a positive one. After taking advice from the council, he used the trees that had already been cut down to build a few wooden bungalows in the trench that Nottingham had already torn between the edge of the jungle and the Inca ruins. Here biologists settled and other men from the city that were eager to understand the jungle as a natural habitat and willing to learn from it. The Jungleville project became a huge success for many generations to come. And yet somehow, none of the environmentalists and biologists ever found the ruins of the Inca temple. However, one or two did encounter a spinning light from time to time, like that of a glowworm, only stronger, when they ventured deep into the jungle at night. Another strange thing that happened in the settlement of the wooden bungalows was that every week or so, a beautiful garment with immaculate jewelry woven into its fabric would appear randomly in front of the doorstep of one of the bungalows. After the first year, everybody living in the settlement had one, and they decided that they would all wear their strange gifts every Sunday as a thank you to whoever it was that made them, which made the little squirrel monkey very happy. Petey married Na'aba, and grew up to become one of the leading biologists in charge of the Jungleville project. Na'aba remained in her village most of the time, but she helped her husband wherever she could. Jeff and Tidy found a new tree that they moved in together with Sandy, and the Council of Five and their guardian spirit Trucy met every other week to play bingo with their friends in the retirement home of the gods. Welcome back, listeners! What a story! Not that I have any favorites, but what a story! I really enjoyed that one, and I hope you did too. You know the deal, listeners. If you want The Marble Machine Podcast to keep growing and keep creating stories, become a patron on our Patreon page, patreon.com slash themarblemachine and support us with whatever you think is reasonable. Also, we keep coming up with cool extra stuff on our website, so be sure to drop by on themarblemachine.com and check out what's new. What is it, Tim? Did I forget something? Uh, Oh, oh yeah, yeah, there was that. Listeners, the marble I placed by the floating wood panel has caught something. It looks like... it is, uh, quite definitely, a cucumber. What was that, Tim? Did the Marble Machine just say something? It asked if I just said cucumber. Uh, Yes, I did, Marble Machine. There is a cucumber caught in the marble. It loves cucumbers? Well then, I I don't know if this one is a healthy cucumber though. You know, like GMO free and all, no pesticides. I mean, it did, after all, come out of the weird glowing yellow stardusty thing. All right, all right. Just have it. Listeners, it seems that our marble machine has a cucumber addiction. I've never seen it this excited before. Well, I'm sure it knows what it wants, and there's nothing wrong with feeding it a little harmless cucumber. Here you go, hungry fellow. Oh, oh, oh no. The machine, listeners, the, the marble machine just instantly stopped glowing. It has stopped. Everything. Oh, dear. Something just laughed at us from the hole underneath the broken panel. Tim is just inspecting the glowing stardust as I'm speaking and... Holy moly! Tim? Listeners, Tim just broke through and fell into the crack in the attic. There's no time to lose. I'm going after my friend. I'm climbing down into the hole. I think I have to jump now. Hear us soon, listeners. For the next marble will drop. Geronimo!